0: Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. Welcome to today's podcast. We have Dan Ald here with Integrity Flooring, and I'd love to know more about how you got started in business and what you love about what you do.
1: Yeah, hi Jamie. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. I've never really had a sure answer of how i got started i never really set out to be an entrepreneur that's not what i you know envisioned going into the trades um but how i started was i learned the trade um when i was 17 is kind of when i started um out in steamboat springs colorado from a phenomenal boss that i I worked for out there and um, i grew to love the trade you know working um in hardwood forest specifically and from then um there was a few life happenings deployment and a couple other things but I came back and started working for another company um actually the original owner of integrity flooring he was just starting at that time so I was there from day 1 um and kind of helped him grow it but I wasn't the owner I wasn't you know the the manager at that point I was just uh it was just me and him at that point and it wasn't something that I don't think he really um you know decided like hey I want to do hardwood floors he was a builder by by trade, I guess, is what he really started in. And then the whole recession happened Um, and hardwood floors was one of the places that we were still getting work or he was still getting work. So I went to work for him after deployment and really started to enjoy it. And it's not that I didn't mind working for him, but I could tell I wanted to do things differently. I really started to enjoy the the work and the trade. Um, And he's a great entrepreneur. Um, He's got many businesses, but he You know didn't really seem to love it and i think he you know he was he would tell you that too so i kind of pressured him you know hey if you're ever thinking about getting rid of the (laughs) the business or whatever let me know let me know i actually did leave at one point um try out something i wanted to do which was security armed security so i worked as an armed security officer at a nuclear plant for a couple years and Thought that was something I liked, you know, the job looked appealing. But then I worked that job for two years, and I absolutely hated it. I couldn't stand it. Um, and so I would do some side stuff for uh, my previous boss at that point during that time. And then he just texted me one day, said, "I think I'm gonna get out of the trade." Um, and so I texted him back, said, "Don't. I'm gonna come back. You know, I'm gonna quit this job." <laughs> so I went back work for him and kept putting those seeds out there that, you know, if you're ever interested. In, and eventually he did. Uh, a Sunday afternoon, texted me and said, hey, come over. We're going to talk about you buying the business. And so that's when uh, Lindsay and I bought the business um, and we went from there. That's That's amazing.
0: I love it. And I love that you. How do I say this? Like looking for opportunities that aren't presenting themselves, right? That's that seed of suggestion doesn't have to come from only one side. It can come from us asking. And saying hey would this be possible
1: right yeah and he did a lot i mean anything i kind of brought up he was very open to which was awesome right. which was great um as open as you can be as you're starting a business right you're kind of limited to some things <laughs> you can't yeah. just go and get the best stuff right away but um like i said he was an entrepreneur that was just one of i think at that time three businesses he was running Right. and his focus wasn't always there and so it that's where my focus was was you know that yeah. was what i did for a living and um he i think he always kind of had that in the back of the head, but he had some younger kids and he wanted to make sure that they didn't want the business right. and and so that's kind of where it started but yeah.
0: so when you think about that today how did you have to transition into becoming the entrepreneur
1: the last few years i'd say two years that i was working for him i was Doing a lot of the management. I'm not going to say I was running the business completely because there was a lot of the, you know, the monetary stuff and you know the the numbers of the business I wasn't involved with, but um, I was doing a lot of the sales, um, meeting with customers, wrapping jobs up, um, ordering materials. So I had that benefit before I took over, um, and so I got to see how a lot of that worked, um, and I I knew the trade. You know, I right. had done the to trade before I even worked for him. So I knew that very well. But Um,
0: oftentimes a technician doesn't necessarily put the tool belt down and say, "Okay, I'm ready to move into the next level. I mean, that takes a different type of thinking. So that's why I'm curious Mm -hmm. how that shift happened. But what you're saying is you were already sort of given an opportunity to move into management of sorts or sales and marketing in a way. And so that sort Mm -hmm. of started. Helping some of the discussions or some of the thought processes that would need to shift
1: Right. And I was open, you know, I, I really liked the idea of, um, running a business once I thought about it more. Um, and I can be pretty competitive. (laughs) (laughs) So if there's something that I want to want to do, or there's, you know, a challenge put in front of me, whether I know how to do it or not, I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and you know, that's one thing I've learned even with our own crew now, just because they're our top crew leader, our best crew lead, that doesn't make the management material. Right. Um, and so I've had to go through that process several times of, um, you know, what's the next steps for them because they're not interested in management or they're not, mm. a, they're not management material and where can we, um, you know, help them progress. But for myself, <clears throat> um, it did interest me. The, the idea of business did interest me mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't something I really thought about you know, as a young boy, it's not like I was out to be an entrepreneur, but as I fell into those roles, I, I did grow to love them. Um, and the numbers, I've never been a numbers guy. And, but when I see them and you can see what you're putting in, what's coming out, you know, it's there's a security there. I think that's really where I got it is um, the security and knowing the numbers of the business that brought mm-hmm. me security. Um, and so that's where I think I, I got invested into the numbers side of the business.
0: Well, tell me more about that because I know that you are now. Uh, into Dave Ramsey and really growing your employees and helping them with their numbers so what are some of the things that have shifted for you there
1: Dave Ramsey kind of happened after after business and when I talk about security you know that's why I got into Dave Ramsey it's not like we were ever really struggling with money but I didn't know business very well Um, the emotional aspect of debt it was something that I couldn't I, I wasn't okay with i'm not a I, it's not that i don't mind risk but um we try to i try to minimize risk if you can and having debt when we bought the business is something that you know was it it brought me down it i felt like it didn't um, let me perform it was something is always in the you know in the forefront of your mind and if you could get rid of that you can run a business differently you really can you have a different mindset but um and then transitioning that into the employees you know as a young man i was never really taught anything um financially and i there's a lot of financial classes in high school and college but they're not teaching the principles of it unfortunately when i see you go you go to high school um you go to college and that's one you're hearing from one uh, one single minded of, of a person that is a person that went to college that is a person that probably borrowed student loans to go to college right. And then what trade, they, you know, if they're a doctor, they're going to be borrowing money. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's all that's fed into the the younger generations as they go through, because they really don't hear from uh, businessmen that didn't go to college. They really didn't hear from trade school people, um, you know, the, the farmer. <laughs> right. It's about who we surround kids. ourselves with, the conversations
0: right. that become normal. Like when right. I listen to you and I think about debt free versus, um, you know, I was in asset based businesses that was a little bit more robust Robert Kiyosaki style, where it was like yeah. use other people's money, and so right. whatever the conversations are that we're around, that becomes the new normal. And that, then I'm listening to Dave Ramsey, and it's like, well, it can be done. You know, like mm-hmm. you gotta shift my mindset. And I know what you're saying is true. My son was in a personal finance class, and. They told him that debt was normal, credit card debt was normal, school debt was normal. And of course, he was a Dave Ramsey fan. So he was like, not yeah. for me, <laughs> not for me.
1: <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the way those teachers go. That's the way they were taught. And so right. that, that mindset just keeps getting passed down and passed down. And there's not much new thought coming into that, that series of, of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, I I've read Robert Kiyosaki's stuff and, mm-hmm. um, You know, everybody's got their own way. I'm not going to say, you know, debt free is the only single way, but when you're debt free, you have more control. You do, Mm -hmm. Um, I can control more of my finances than, I mean, look at Dave Ramsey's story when he went bankrupt, Mm -hmm. the the bank calling his loans and everything going on with the government right now, or are student loans getting forgiven or are they not getting forgiven? And so when you have all those things coming into your life, your minds and your emotion is all over the place. Um, And if you can cut all that stuff out of your life, now I have control of my finances, not to a T there, you know, there's things that come in every day, life, but, um, I have much more control than depending on a bank or a line of credit or the government or whatever it is. And so putting that onto the employees, um, you know, we actually, we offer Dave's financial peace class to all all of our employees. Mm -hmm. Um, it's one of the things that they get and that we'll cover for them. Um, it makes a more solid employee. You know, they're not stressed out about money. They're not, it makes a lot of their marriages better. Um, right. and so if that's one thing I learned in the military and being on deployment, um, if you have a solid foundation and I do believe that that is where a lot of you know PTSD issues and stuff come from are people mm-hmm. that are, have a lot of other things going on in their life that, mm. that are, um, uh, you know, happening back home if we're deployed that aren't right. settled and then something happens and they all of a sudden have to jump to that mindset. And it's, um, so as an employee, Mm-hmm. If it gives them more solid foundation, it makes them a better employee. Um, and that's how we feel And just pouring it out. Yeah, in the not a distraction.
0: Right. Yeah. So you find that they're a more solid employee. I mean, they've got that security like you've talked about. I mean, if right. we can create that financial stability, then we can make better decisions. We're not coming from a place of fear when we're making decisions. Mm -hmm. and really kind of taking the emotion out of it and saying, okay, well, this is a financial decision. So when you're growing your business, do you sometimes run into those moments where you're like, okay, I'd like to grow in this way, but we're going to need to, or did you, you know, as you were transitioning to debt-free run into those moments where you're like, we're not going to be able to make that investment right now. We're going to have to wait.
1: Right. hundred percent. And it is a slower process. Um, I've had people tell me, Oh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's way is faster, or this way is faster. If you borrow money, it's faster. M- maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. there's there's more risk, there's more variables there. If it works exactly how your plan says it's gonna work, it probably is mm-hmm. faster. In the military, we have a saying this is the only reason you make a plan is so you know exactly where something went wrong. And <laughs> so <laughs> when when things Great. go awry, it it may or may not be faster. And so for some people it, it does work very well. Um, others mm-hmm. it doesn't. Um and but yes, there has been you know, we, we grow at the speed of cash. And so there's been some things that we have to hold off on. Um, and, and it has maybe slowed down growth, um, a little bit, but I, I feel like it's much more solid growth.
0: So when you think about how you've had to develop personally buying out this business and then growing your team, it sounds like you have quite a few team members. How many, um, employees do you have under you now? And what are some of the things that you've had to learn about yourself along the way?
1: Um we have eight team members now and then myself and my wife, so eight employees <clears throat> um more employees does not always equal more uh more money <laughs> It doesn't always equal um more work getting done. That's one thing I learned we had i think the most we've ever had was eleven mm-hmm. um and that actually was one of our least profitable years mm-hmm. um, a lot of you know things getting overlooked you know so there's, there's some things when hiring, too, that you just simply can't hire. Um, you can't, or you can, I should say you can't train. Um, you can't mm-hmm. train desire. You can't train, um, you know, someone with a work ethic. That that desire has to be there to get that work ethic first before you can actually train somebody. Um, you can teach somebody processes. You can teach somebody systems right. and, and standard procedures. Um, and so character means a lot when we're hiring. Um, and there was a time... You know we would just hire anybody that could come in and work oh yes we have you know, more production right but you end up dealing more with personal things um and it it takes you know the bottom line down and that's not profitable either so we're kind of stringent with the hiring process mm-hmm. when it comes to growth um that was something i had to learn kind of the hard way and then also with like i mentioned before just because we have our best crew lead that doesn't make him manage your material right um right. And there are people that are, are great managers. Um, and then there's people that just aren't interested, um, don't have those thought processes, um, whatever it may be, but they're better off and probably happier <laughs> doing something yeah. other than management.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you talk about character and the things that you can't train. Quick trip, obviously, most of us around here know Quick Trip, their first question in an interview is what is the last random act of kindness or something along those lines? Mm -hmm. What was your last random act of kindness? And they said, you know, then we have to train our interviewers on what does the pause mean? (laughs) Because sometimes people are going to step back and pause and it's because it's not because they haven't done it, but maybe it's because they're so used to being kind that they don't even see themselves that way. Or, you know, so interview questions and learning how to determine, you know, what employees are going to be the right fit for the company it's what i've seen from you is that you have a certain set of values that you're operating your company from obviously the name integrity Flooring" kind of right. <laughs> says that if we had to pick one right that was probably I've always the said one. if you want
1: to make if you want to make something hard for yourself put integrity before anything you're going to do, <laughs> it's right. to do a standard
0: I'm envisioning this company with eight employees that, you know, you really have this strong core and you're interested in that stability and, and creating that security for people. And so you're building this really strong foundational trade-based company, like in today's society, um, finding people, you know, usually people are complaining that they can't find someone to work. Would you echo, you know, the same questions or problems that you feel others are saying? Do you hear those same things and feel those same things?
1: It is hard to hire. Um. And that was one one thing we looked into about two years ago. we talked about hiring a a company that would you know recruit or whatever and at that point he literally told me he said what is the point what do you have wow. to offer that it is better than anybody else that's going to bring anybody in and that was you know the middle of covid when it was hard to hire and it still is hard to hire um that was something that um i learned in in building the business from what it was before is the mindset before was always kind of hurry up get the process or the project done as fast mm-hmm. as you can um, you know just go 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 um, type um, that's kind of how the, the business was run at that point and transitioning that into a place that people want to work um, right. at that right. point there were no employee benefits um, time off you know things like that weren't really a thing which it was the start of a company and so that's quite right. common it right. does take a lot of work to get that going but just building a place that people want to be you know that they mm-hmm. they look forward to coming to work um and just not making it slave driving you know grind mm-hmm. all the time and so setting that kind of I, I don't like to use the word culture that seems like but that's yeah, what it is right? it just gets over i feel yeah. like but yeah. <laughs> um, having that culture mm-hmm. and yeah. other people do notice employee yeah. uh people that we do jobs for notice um Employees tell their their friends that you know or maybe right. on a, a union job somewhere and it's just grind, grind, grind. Well, then they they care a little bit more than that and they want a good right. place to work. And so that's kind of where most of our employees come from. I am a little bit lucky that most of our employees are actually military or ex military, and so that's I've had wow. ties with that um, and be able to bring people in that way too.
0: Wow, that's really cool. I know what you're saying about culture and the word is feels like it's got. A little bit overused, but
1: it's in every sports locker room (laughs) around the nation. That's what they talk. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: And it's a thing. And when I think about hiring employees and the challenges that come in, yes, there is a challenging environment right now, you could say, Mm -hmm. but I would say it's more specific to certain industries. And maybe the reason that those industries are a little bit more challenged is because either A, the culture isn't what people want to be involved in anymore, or B, the technology hasn't kept up or the owners haven't changed the vision of the company to really match today's environment like right when i was hiring people if i showed them that i was interested in them and growing them it wasn't about the pay it wasn't always about the benefits it was about that i showed an interest in them and their lives mm-hmm. and then how could they grow and what were the opportunities within the company and then at what point, you know, did it no longer make sense? And I, I found those to be amazing conversations. And then you enjoy working together. It's a team environment. We're spending how much time together right. doing amazing things. Why not enjoy it?
1: Right. Right. And when you have, you know, good group of guys that are yeah. involved with, I mean, each other's families really. And that's one thing um, going back to helping our employees and giving them a, a good foundation to work off is I tell they they need they need to use their time off if possible you know that's important to go Mm -hmm. spend their time with their family and make sure everything's right over there otherwise you're not going to be you know worth what you should be when you come to work if you don't if you're not taking care of those things just don't be working all the time um we have several that are you know new fathers and having babies and so they're in the the early stages of that and just trying to implore them to you know take the time off and um And do the right things, you know, be a family man. And that Mm -hmm. always comes back and helps them perform better. They feel secure. Um, it shows that, you know, we care, not just myself, but other employees covering for them while they're gone or whatever it may be. Um and it's just a a team effort. It actually turns into a Mm -hmm. team effort. People are, yeah, we'll we'll pick up for him, not oh, he was gone last week and he's gone all the time. You know, you don't hear that kind of stuff.
0: What do you see in the future? Maybe a couple years out as maybe god's calling for you or your
1: company that's kind of something i've gone through um i've I've gone through a phase and now i'm kind of looking around not really sure what is next (laughs) you know (laughs) i i really enjoy running the the business um this last couple years i've put managers in place um you know so i don't have to you know do everything um and that has really worked out and during our our debt-free journey that's where our my vision was so much, you know, that's what I right. focused on and I, I kind of learned something interesting is after that, you know, we had everything personal side and business side uh, completely debt-free and then I found myself, you know, I I knew I needed to focus elsewhere on the family and stuff like that because I was driving so hard. Right. Um, and so I was trying to uh, disengage a little bit from the business and I found mm-hmm. myself Needing purpose, you know, I was I was pulling yeah. my purpose away is really what I was doing, and so I I think I really went about that wrong. um yeah. You know, I'd, I'd get a call from our project manager or something, I'd get a little frustrated, I'd be like, "God, oh, you know, you should be taking care of this." Well, the last six or months or so, I've really realized how much I do need to be engaged in in the business, yeah. not pull it away, but <clears throat> you know, I have time for what's right. And you know, mm-hmm. I have changed the way I do things personally after the the debt free part of my our story is, past and um so the the future um the last couple of months we've uh been had the opportunity to get on a few webinars and stuff with the nwfa the national Wood Forest association so just being involved in the educational side of the the business um we're working with a company that's developing an app that allows us to monitor job sites and Mm. things like that remotely um and so i've been able to be in the development phase of of that and Then uh, we hired a production company because we're doing a customer educational video. Um, We feel it's important, and we've seen the results when you actually sit down. You you don't sell a customer, but you educate them, and how much that makes them comfortable with the process, and they want to learn more. Customers only want to learn so much. I've learned that. I just thought customers, you know, want to see it, you know, learn as much as they can, and then maybe do it themselves. Well, they get overwhelmed, right? (laughs) Right. And then they're like, take a step (laughs) back. Yeah, you do it. This is too much. I yeah, we're over the edge now. So. Um, really trying to educate the customers and that's one thing we're putting that video together for and I've enjoyed that part of the business not necessarily growing um, mm-hmm. production wise but um, you know customer service wise and educating um, you know I, I wouldn't really call it coaching our customers but just being involved with um, the educational side of the mm-hmm. business and, and growing that way, working with other people on, on different projects so um, I would like to go down that more that route more, um, you know, being involved with the overall industry and not just our own customers.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you're embracing the role of visionary really, which is, um, you know, to consider new R and D, you know, what research mm-hmm. and development on new things that maybe not all the ideas get passed, uh, into implementation, but, but they right. have to be considered at some point point. and right. who better to do that, you know, than the company visionary to say, hey this is still in alignment with what we're doing and mm-hmm. um and the other piece that comes to mind is when we think about the basic human needs like you've talked about security and stability and that is one of the basic human needs right we also need a little bit of uncertainty a little bit of adventure in our lives maybe it right. doesn't have to be in in form of debt but for some people that have an addiction to uncertainty mm-hmm. or an unhealthy need they they may like that you know level right. of um stress and yeah. uncertainty and then there's you know love and connection which you talk about like with your families and making sure that we still have that connection with other people or in that team inside your environment and then significance we all want to have a little bit of like i mean something i but then the, the last two which are actually needs of the spirit is growth and contribution and so what i hear you saying is that you're starting to really lean into those because you've created this healthy um you know space for certainty, uncertainty, love and connection, and significance, You that that's kind of like, check, 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 check. So now, right. how do I grow, and how does my company grow in a way that we can give back and contribute? And that's amazing. That's that's the most beautiful space to be, because otherwise, like you said, what's my purpose? <laughs> right? right. Like, that is right. actually a human need. We need that. Right. So I love it.
1: Yes. And you asked about the hiring process, it's hard to hire people. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine that I talked to. He's a business owner as well. And um, he mentioned, he's like, you know what, maybe it's not time to hire. And when we're not hiring, there's always growing pains with hiring. And so that's kind of where your focus is when you're trying to grow the numbers side um, and the people side. But you can sit in the space you're in and all the problems you're having with that space, we'll try to solve those. And so that's what a lot of the, you know this job site monitoring company we're working with and stuff like those are problems that wood floor guys have site conditions not being right and so we can work in our own little space and maybe it's not growing in numbers you know we're not putting more crews on the road or anything like that but we're still growing and making that foundation solid
0: wow that's amazing so when you think about becoming the business owner that you've become and even becoming the person that you've had to become in order to run the company in a way that's healthy and growing and contributing is there anything else that you would like to express to somebody that's either thinking about being in business or more, maybe more importantly, growing from doing the work themselves to adding employees or anything that comes to mind?
1: There's there's a few things. <clears throat> um, one thing I've always thought, and you know, I've realized it's a myth. As a the the work life balance is not a myth, but it's not 40, 40, 40 You know, it's not forty hours a week, working forty hours a you know or eight, eight, I should say eight hours a day working eight hours of rest and relaxation, eight hours of family that doesn't exist when it, it it comes and goes, you know, when you're growing a business, yeah, you are going to have to put almost all of your time in starting and growing that business. After it gets legs and starts growing, you need to pull back a little bit because you've been cheating something you've probably cheated your family, um, or your health mentally or physically. Um, and so yeah. as you go through business, it's not the same time implemented into each category every single day or every single week or every single month but those things you have to focus on what's important at that time um Christy Wright read, wrote a book I read her book and um it's take back I take back your time I think is the title of that and that's what she talks about is um and I kind of had that realization that I read the book and it was it just solidified it and um and then also once you have an established business and it's grown a little bit you do need to pull back a little bit um you know you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be working 60 70 hours a week if you're in after you've been in business for three to five years or whatever that that does need to come back um, because you're going to burn yourself out or or just change um your job roles um you know if you're if you're going to continue you're going to have to change if you're going to continue comfortably you're going to have to make changes as you go um and it it does get hard i would tell someone else starting that they definitely need to surround themselves with like-minded people Mm -hmm. um you know the the people that are around you speaking at you is what that's what your thoughts are going to be and so find the people that you feel are are successful um and the people that are motivating the people that speak positively and not negatively um, and and have somebody that you can really go to and be open with that is definitely needed
0: i love that when you mention about find the people to surround yourself with that are in a way that you define success, Mm -hmm. right? Like everybody's definition of success is different. And I think that's important because I feel like God's calling us into different things, using our different gifts and talents, raising our families in different ways. It's all, it's all good. It's just that what's, you know, how do we find the the circle of influence to support us in the way that we're meant to kind of be challenged Mm -hmm. and, contribute so i love that thank you so much for all of this insight and i really am inspired by everything that you're doing and the person that you are and i know that being a person that inspires others sometimes um we don't realize how much of an impact and effect that has on others I'm really thankful for that mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah, it is and everybody needs somebody you know around right and i think that's one thing I do struggle with is I'm not a big rah rah guy, right? And <laughs> you know, and not you know super energetic. And some people are are you watch them and you're like, man, I just I just wish I was more that right. way. Um, Mm-mm. but there's a there's a place for for everybody, and um, I just try to be consistent. That's the thing I I try with. But yeah, it's, yeah, that's huge. It's right.
0: Yeah, my son, um, that's 20. He has been so inspired over the years by people that are similar to you. That you know maybe have a podcast and share their information and then he right. just waits for their next release. You know, yeah. He's not listening to the raw raw guys. He's watching right. spindle spin and <laughs> you know the, the boring things. Maybe like what I like to ask people when sometimes it, we want to look at what somebody else has that we don't is what skill or what strength or what gift of yours are you willing to give up to have a different one? Right. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we're not willing to give up something of our own, <laughs> even right. if we see, you know, something in somebody else that maybe we're like, oh, yeah. maybe we should do that way. No, you're inspiring, right. even if it's not rah-rah. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, there's one guy I listened to, Jocko Willink. I'm not sure. Oh, if I love that. With him, but, um, you know, that he wrote that book, Extreme Ownership. Absolutely. He's not a very rah-rah guy either. No. But, um, you know, just his presence is yeah. something that's solid and, yeah. you know, that the strength there is... Guys like him are just, those are the kind of people I look up to. They're not rah. rah they're not flashy, mm-hmm. um, but there's a, a trust and just a solid foundation there that's really attractive.
0: Absolutely. I have his book. I've given it out so many times. I think the last copy is still in the plastic. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, With... Maybe it's time to take the plastic off and make it look like I'm reading it, but I've just right. been buying new ones and giving them out.
1: Yeah. That's one book that I give to all of our employees.
0: Extremely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's huge reading that reading that when i was in the process of leading employees created a mindset shift that Mm -hmm. i I needed to have shifted it was very important
1: yeah yeah it's a tough one and i mean they call it extreme ownership for for a reason if you live that lifestyle and that that way to a t Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know we all try to right but it is that's extreme but it's very beneficial (laughs)
0: Thank you so much you for Thanks coming for on. Me. Appreciate it. Thank and we'll me. hope to talk to you again soon.
1: Sounds great. Thank you.